0: Boy, isn't it awesome to worship together? I just, I want to sit there and cry. It's just, it's been so long. It just seems like more than six months. I don't know how long it's been, but it's been way too long. And I could hear as you guys were worshiping just the longing in your voices with that last song, Even So Come, Lord Jesus Come. We just, we want him to come, right? Oh, yes. Yes so who's ready for him to come? <laughs> me too. Um, you know, it's really a blessing tonight, that one song, Beautiful, and it was talking about the sky. And did you see the sky when we were coming here tonight? It looks just like the brochure. Exactly. And I thought, it, it made me want to cry. I thought, Lord, you would actually do that for us? You would do a brochure picture? Just for us, for the Bible study. He would do that. He really would do that. It just makes me cry. I hope I can get through this without crying. I'm just... Okay, yeah, but then I can't do the study. (laughs) It's just so good to see your faces. And, you know, the body of Christ is such a gift, isn't it? We've been away from each other for so long. And it's just so nice to be a part of this gathering today. And so... um, I just wanted to pray before we get started, and as Kristen said so beautifully, this five-week study, we just hope it encourages your heart in these last days, in the storms of life, that these looking verses will encourage you to look to the Lord and give you strength to uh, fight this battle we're in. So um, let's pray before we get started. Lord, we just thank you so much for one another, Lord. I thank you for the body of Christ, Lord. You've really blessed us with um, each other, Lord. And you've blessed us with your life, Lord, with salvation. Lord, we can't even thank you enough for everything you've done, Lord. We thank you that we can meet tonight, So many Christians all over the world can't meet. They can't be in person, Lord. And that's not how you made us, Lord. You made us to love one another and be together. So, Lord, we thank you for this gift of just being able to meet tonight, Lord. And, um, Lord, I just pray, too, Lord, I think of your word that it says that you send it out to accomplish what you want it to accomplish, Lord. And I pray tonight, Lord, that... You would accomplish in our hearts through your word what you, what you know we need, Lord. Um, I think of that verse, Jesus, that says that we look to you, Lord, um, and be saved. Look unto you, and you'll be saved all the ends of the earth. And, Lord, that's how we met you. We look to you. And, Lord, I don't know what everybody's going through here tonight, Lord, but I know by looking to you... You can calm all our fears and our doubts and um, anything else we're going through, Lord. Um, and and again, you give those salvation that don't have it, Lord, just by looking to you and asking you in their heart, Lord. So we just pray, Lord, that you would be here tonight, Holy Spirit, that you would just speak to each of our hearts, Lord. And uh, we just pray in your name. Amen. Um, <clears throat> I was reading a book by Chuck Smith, and um, it's called The Final Act. And it was very interesting what he said because he wrote this like in 2007. And it says, have you ever stood dominoes on an end in a row? Tip the first domino and the whole line goes down, one right after the other. God is aligning world situations much as we would line up dominoes. And he's getting ready to tip the first event that will trigger a series of events, ultimately climaxing in the second coming of Christ. And I wrote in my margin, COVID 2020. And I thought, you know, it really is the event, I think, that's gonna trigger maybe other events or just, you know, bring in the coming of Christ. And um, I was thinking with COVID, along with the COVID came, a uh, strong spiritual battle. I feel like there's a very strong spiritual battle right now. And I was thinking about storms, and it's kind of like a spiritual storm that's not weakening. You know what I mean? It just keeps continuing. Christian was saying, you know, when is this going to be over, this whole thing? And we, we don't know. The Lord knows. But Hurricanes are strong storms and they're measured in categories. And I was thinking about that, the spiritual storm that's upon us. And this, the highest category storm is a five. And that's, you know, a pretty strong, strong storm. And so I was reading about it, and um, somebody asked, it, Has there ever been a category six storm? And they said, there's no such thing as a category six storm, in part because once the winds hit category five status, it doesn't matter what you call it, it's really, really bad. (laughs) And this is actually in a hurricane, like, you know, book. And it says, um, you know, so I was thinking the world right now seems like it's in a category six. It's really, really bad. But, um, and I'm reading another book by David Jeremiah, and it's called just that. It's called, The World is Really, Really Bad. (laughs) That's not what it's called. It's really called, people are asking, is this the end? And I think that's so true. I mean, I've had people ask me that. I'm sure you guys have, too. Um, People are asking. And this quote, he said, was just amazing. He says, morality in the United States is no longer in free fall. It has hit bottom. In today's America, anything goes. Christianity is no longer merely being pushed aside. American Christians are now experiencing overt repression and even persecution, which we've never really had before. We no longer feel safe in our world. Instability now plagues our world, both nationally and internationally, in ways we have not before witnessed in our lifetimes, which is so true. Creating a nationwide wave of anxiety and insecurity. In my conversations with people of all ages, races, and professions, I find a deepening anxiety and even fear that things cannot go on as they are for long. Many are asking, is this the end? We do not know whether America will soon fall. We do not know when the Lord will return. But we do know... That whatever our circumstances, God's desire for us is to live without anxiety and with hope. Jeremiah 29:11. It is a hope that is not dependent on whether America falls or recovers, or whether the world order stabilizes or disintegrates. It is a hope that rises above trouble and chaos, enabling you to keep your focus on the future reward, and endure whatever comes, whether good or evil, with grace and exhibiting faith in God. And I just thought that was so true. It's so perfect for right now. And there's a song by Ryan Stevenson called The Eye of the Storm. Have any of you heard that? Well, I never did. And I asked my daughter, and she said, Mom, every junior hire knows that song. And I was like, well, I'm I'm old then because I didn't ever hear it. But um, the lyrics were really good. It says, in the eye of the storm, you remain in control. And in the middle of the war, you guard my soul. You alone are the anchor when my sails are torn. Your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. And I thought that's so true. God's love is surrounding us even though we're in the storm. And he says, in the war you guard my soul. And it made me think of Isaiah 59:19, When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spear of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. And Cory Ten Boom said this, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against spiritual weakness in high places. Ephesians 6.12, the battle is more violent than ever before. Now, she wrote this book in 1989. So this is so amazing that it's so current. She says, the devil knows his time is short. And I love this. Jesus was victor, Jesus is victor, and Jesus will be victor. Amen? We have this great comfort that God has shown us His plan for this world. He has no problems, only plans. That's Hershey. He said that. That is why there is never a panic in heaven. Knowing the future gives us strength and security. And Jesus is coming back, and that is so true. Um, and that about the eye of the storm. I read a devotion about that because I, I was just interested in that eye of the storm. And Matt's going to put up a picture. <laughs> But that's actually a real eye of a real storm. And it just blew my mind when I saw it, because all the clouds are around it, but it's actually shining sun in the middle of it. And I read this devotion. It says, in a hurricane, there is an eye, where everything is quiet, with no clouds. The sun can even be shining. Surrounded by roaring winds and heavy rains, The eye of the storm is the calm in the middle of the chaos. Jesus is like the eye in the center of the storm. If you feel like a hurricane is blowing through your life, look to God, who is able to keep you in its eye. Cast all your cares upon him, and he will provide a place of rest for your soul. When you are in the storm, stay close to the eye and everything around us must you know looks like it's changing nothing's the same as it was 6 months ago but i thought of hebrews 13:8 jesus christ is the same yesterday today and forever you know if we're in that eye of the storm we have the peace that we need and um john 14:27 and 28 says that Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You've heard me say I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. And I think it's so neat that the Lord promises us that that he said I'm going away but I'm promising you my peace while I'm away. And you don't have to be troubled because you have that peace. And when you think of that peace he went away but he left the Holy Spirit and it says the fruit of the Spirit is love joy peace so even in the storm of life we're in right now we can have that peace that he left for us Um, one commentator said that when he left the peace that was his goodbye but it was the Holy Spirit's hello and I thought that was so neat And another commentator said, we can have that peace because the world looks to situations and circumstances for peace. And they said they look at the external, but the church, Christians, look at the eternal. And I thought that was really a good thing to remember. Um, One other commentator said, the storms will come. Natural fears, fears will clamor to be seated on the throne of panic in our hearts. Our task is to allow Christ's peace to drive out those fears and reign with them within come what may. And I thought that was neat. Our task is to let not our heart be troubled. Jesus gave us the peace, and we just need to not let it be troubled, which is hard to do, especially in these days. But I was thinking, you know, I get troubled if I watch too much news. I just get troubled. I can't do it. But, so I don't watch a lot of news. But I can't get enough of the good news right now. I feel like I need to hear God's word. And Romans 10:15 says, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. The gospel means good news. And how everybody needs good news right now. I think Jesus has the good news we need. And I loved this little um, section. He said, he pledges his peace to us reinforced by his presence. And I think that's so neat. During the whole lockdown thing, you know, there's so much going on. Every day it was like waves of new things hitting you, you know. And I'd go in my room with my Bible and just sit there. I was reading the Psalms. And I just, it was like being in the eye of the storm. I just would soak them in and God would speak to me. And I feel like what a gift that we have that peace, you know, that we can do that that the peace that passes understanding, it it passes understanding. It's just it doesn't depend on circumstances. And um, our Bible is a gift. Um, And it reminded me with all this hurricane talk of Jesus um, when he was with the disciples in the storm. He was there twice. And And if you want to turn in your Bibles, you can. But Matthew 8, 26 to 27. It says, And he saith unto them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be, that even the winds and the sea obey him? So that was the first time he was in the boat with them when the storm came up. And he said, Peace be still, and calm the storm. Now the second time, it says... And this is Matthew 14:24 to 33. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And just like in John, we just read, he's telling him again, don't be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, excuse me, truly you are the Son of God. And I think it's interesting when you look at both of these. The first time he was there with them, they said, who can this be? They didn't know really who he was or what he could do. The second time, their faith was a little bit, they had seen him do it once. Now the second time, they were like, Truly, you are the son of God. And I think it's so interesting that Peter, I think Peter must have really been thinking about this first time when Jesus calmed the storm, because this time he got out of the boat. The other ones didn't, but he did. His faith, he saw that the first time Jesus stilled the water and he knew he could do it. So he, he just, his faith was amazing. He just walked down on the water. Now, I don't know whether he thought, you know, he calmed the sea the first time. This time he didn't calm until they got back in the boat. So he was actually walking on the waves and everything, but he did it. And um, I think of that like, you know, when Peter and Jesus came back to the boat, they all worshipped and said, wow, you're the son of God. They didn't do it the first time, but I thought, you know, when we step out in faith and we're walking with Jesus in these hard trials and these storms, people are going to recognize Him. They're going to know that there's something we have that's beyond, you know, the normal. And the other thing it does, too, is it encourages other Christians. Like, I have a friend who, during this whole COVID thing, she has breast cancer and she had to go get surgery and it was just really crazy. It was really hard, but she walked through that with Jesus just on the storm so amazingly. And I think it was such an encouragement to me. Um, But worship can take our focus off the storm and put it back on the one who's in charge of the storm. And I think that's the thing that Peter realized is, hey, we, we're we not limiting him. We're not looking at him like the first time as a man, as our ability. We're looking at him as God. He can do anything. And I think that's what we do. You know, when we get in tough situations, we limit him. We think, you can't do that. Well, he can do anything. He's God, but for some reason we don't believe that, that he can take care of our problems. Um, and it's funny because you, when you do a message you have to live your message because that's just how it is and yesterday I was trying to get it done and um, I went over to wash some grapes in the sink and I turned on the garbage disposal and the sink filled up and it broke and I'm like oh no and then I went over to print my notes in the printer and it broke And I called Joe. I said, you got to come home. The sink's overflowing. And and I thought, this is crazy. And I came home, and I'd been talking to him about the message. And he came in, and I'm all freaked out and everything, you know. And he said, "Uh, who are you looking at? (laughs) Are you looking at the circumstances, or are you looking at Jesus? He'll take care of it. And I'm like, how's he going to take care of it? How's he going to take care of it? And he said, I'll fix it. So he's laying under there, and it was leaking underneath. It was filling up. And I thought, he's not going to fix it. (laughs) And finally, um, he said, I'm going to call Eddie. So Eddie's the plumber. And I thought, I know it's going to be three days. And we're not going to be able to have dinner. And and I I don't have any printer paper. And I said, well, you call Eddie. I'll call Josh, because he'll come and fix the printer. So he called Eddie and it was a miracle. He said, "I'll be over in an hour." And I was like, "I am so little faith." He said to them, "Oh you of a little faith. Why do you doubt? Why do we why do we think he has to be like us?" You know what I mean? He's just he can do anything. So Eddie came over, fixed it, Josh fixed the printer, everything was fine. But um One day during the COVID craziness, um, I was just getting really overwhelmed because my husband had developed a heart problem in January. He had a few procedures, and they weren't done yet. And then COVID hit. And they were talking about open-heart surgery. And the whole time, I was just worried because I thought he can't go to the doctor. So we'd pray every night, Lord, just take care of his heart. And then the church shut down. So we had to learn, after 39 years, how to minister without having anybody here. You couldn't see anybody in the hospital. You couldn't do weddings. You couldn't do funerals. And then Joe's aunt died in California, and we couldn't have the funeral. His other aunt got COVID. She was in a nursing home. And the one day, I was just overwhelmed. I was like, Lord, these waves are just too much for me. I just, I can't take it. And the Lord told me, put on a worship CD. Just put on a worship CD. And as we were worshiping tonight, it reminded me, but I put on the Katina CD, and the song Oceans came on. And I must have played it four times. I felt like my faith, my fear turned into faith. And I was just worshiping, and I just... My circumstances hadn't changed. In fact, things were getting worse. But I knew who was in control of the circumstances. You know, we just take it on and we try and control them. But God's better at that. So worship's a powerful tool to get our eyes back on Jesus instead of the difficulties we're in. And um, so I... um, I wanted to like read a couple of the words to the song. Does, any, does everybody know that song? Yeah? Well, I like the end. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander, and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. And we're in his presence when we worship. And I think that's what he was doing with Peter. He was making his faith stronger. And so we called the Katinas and asked them if they could do a video for us. And so they did a special video tonight for us of the song. So we want you guys to watch it. And just, you can worship with them. The words will be on the screen. So Matt's going to put it up.
1: Hello, dear sisters at Calvary Chapel Women's Fellowship. Uh It's your brothers, the Katinas. We miss you all. Uh Uh, but we are looking forward to coming for our annual christmas tour in december but for today thank you to our sister kathy for this opportunity to come and worship with you all we know that you're going through a study out of matthew 14 when uh, peter walked out on the water and jesus called him and and he hey props to peter for getting out but like all of us peter started looking at the waves and uh he began to sink as you all are studying and Especially during this time of life that this this year 2020, it seems like there are waves that are surrounding us in this ocean of uncertainty and uh, doubt and division and chaos. But we are so thankful that Jesus is still here. He's not left and he's here with us in this ocean.
2: embrace I am yours you are mine the grace abounds in the deepest waters your sovereign hand will be my guide yes it will be Lifts our spirits. Sisters, we want you to know that the Comforter is right there. He's near you. Let him lead you. Sing. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters. Whatever you want, trust the Master that stands. You're never alone in my Will be made stronger in the presence of everybody thank you for Spirit lead me where my trust is without borders Let me walk upon the waters Wherever we'll you were called
0: you want your faith to be without borders just that don't limit God at all um, Joe gave me this book by Clarence McCartney and it's called Great Knights of the Bible and he talks about Peter and I love this it says he said to Peter come and Peter went he stepped over the edge of the vessel into the sea and walked on it there you can see him striding over the waves with his eager gaze upon Christ what a picture that is, of triumphant faith. But Peter's miracle and victory were short-lived. After a little, hearing the roar of the wind and seeing the foam and the great waves breaking about him, Peter began frightened and began to sink. He had looked at the winds and the waves and looked away from Christ, and that moment he began to sink. How true that is. When we forget Christ, when we look away from him, then all we see is our peril, our danger, our foes, our adversaries, our own weaknesses, our sins, and we begin to go down. Then, we saw, then he saw the wind was boisterous, and he was afraid and began to sink. Yet in that brief experience, Peter told a great truth. We can walk on the sea. Christ invites us to do so. He bids us come to him. On the angry waters of life. And even when our faith falters and we begin to sink, he is there to stretch out his hand and deliver us, as he did Peter that night. And I thought that was so beautiful because he says the wind was boisterous or stormy, noisy, and turbulent. And that's how the world is it's so noisy, but in Psalm 46:10, it says, Jesus says, be still and know that I'm God. He's still. He's not noisy and boisterous. And he says, look at me. I'm in control of things. Jesus said, in the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And he overcomes the world in, in both of the storms. You know, they were out in the boat both times. He overcame the storm. He made it still, and that's what he can do in our lives, no matter what the storm is. Warren Wiersbe said, why did Jesus walk on the water? To show the disciples that the very thing they feared, the sea, was only a staircase for him to come to them. Often we fear these difficult experiences of life, only to discover that these experiences bring us closer to Jesus. And I think that's so true. I'm sure a lot of you have experienced that, that, you know, the things we think are so scary and so hard, he's so close to us, like this COVID thing. You know, I think it is scary and it is hard, but you know what? Jesus is so close. It, it doesn't matter to him. The, the waves don't bother him like they bother us. Um, Chuck Smith said this about the verse, Jesus said to Peter, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? You started well, and what made you lose your confidence? The difference between faith and doubt is where we fix our gaze. Each of us faces situations every day that have the potential to sink us. It is so easy for us to get our eyes on our circumstances. We look right and left to see the boisterous waves on all sides, waves, As we focus on the problem, we sink. I think it's great that when Peter started to sink, he knew whom to call, save me, Lord. I've been in that same boat. How many times have I cried, oh, Lord, save me? And just like Peter, I've also experienced the gracious, saving hand of Jesus. And I think about that. You know, what causes, what circumstances cause you to sink? You know, some are big. And some are small, like me with the crazy um, garbage disposal. I mean, why would that sink you? You know, it's just sometimes our faith just gets shaken in different ways. And we just need to not focus on the problem, but focus on Jesus, who takes care of the problems. And um, that reminded me of... um, I had four kids, and I took birth classes. And I did it all four times just because I wanted to make sure nothing was new or whatever. (laughs) And um, they teach you techniques. And one of them is to have a focal point. How many of you guys have had birth classes? Yeah, it's a lot of you. Um, As your labor progresses, you may need help with focusing and dealing with the pain. Focal points help us concentrate on getting through something painful. And I, that just reminded me of Jesus. You know, this world is so painful right now. There's so much going on. But if he's our focal point, we're going to get through it. We're going to get through it if we keep him as our focal point. And you had to, at the classes, you had to tell them something that was going to be your focal point. And they said, whatever you do, don't take the clock because that makes you concentrate too much on how long your labor is. So I always wanted Joe as my focal point because he was my coach. So he was great. Like I would hold his hand and he'd watch the monitor and say, okay, one's coming. And he just coached me through it. And I thought, that's how Jesus is. You know, when we get these hard things going on, he coaches us through it, but we gotta look at him. We gotta keep our eye. I, I, like I squeezed his hand so hard I think it. Would, I probably could have broke it. But he, I never took my eyes off him. And we got through the labor, except for the last child. <laughs> um, that poor child was Hannah. Where is she? Oh, there she is. Well, this is kind of funny. But at that time, we he was doing five services on Sunday. And um, I don't know why. I guess we were in the other building or whatever. And of course my water broke at four in the morning. So he had just like had a few hours sleep. So we got there and he started good, <laughs> but then he fell asleep in the chair. And I was like, oh no, I don't have a focal point. And this, this nice, nice nurse came and she took my hand and she was with me the whole thing. And then right at the end, she woke him up. And so he was there for the delivery, but it was kind of funny. But did you know that, Hannah? OK. But Romans 8, 22 and 23 says, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies, for in this hope we were saved. And even hearing you guys worship, I could hear that desire to just be with Jesus. And I thought that it's such a great verse, but it says we wait eagerly. Aren't you more eager now for Jesus to come back than we were six months ago? I mean, six months ago, if you asked me, I probably would have said, yeah, but now I'm not just eager. I'm like, come Lord Jesus, get us out of here. But I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to the church and to unbelievers to get ready for Jesus to come. And our theme for the second Bible study is the blessed hope. And I think this is one of my favorite um, quotes that I read. It's, It's by Tozer, and his book is called Preparing for Jesus' Return. It says, we must, get our knee, we must get on our knees before our open Bible and allow the Holy Spirit to break our hearts and create a passion for Christ as we've never had before. We must ask for a passion of such a nature that the things of this world will begin to diminish in their attraction to us. A passion for Christ will enable us to rise above our culture and look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Let us be alert to the season in which we are living, and I love this. It's the season of the blessed hope, calling for us to cut our ties with the world and build build ourselves on this one who will soon appear. He is our hope, a blessed hope, enabling us to rise above our times and fix our gaze on him. As Bible-believing Christians, it's imperative that we stay fully alert to the times in which we live. Our enemy is a master deceiver and con con artist of the highest order, diverting our attention from the blessed hope with the problems we face every day. Isn't that true? All signs today point to this being the season of the blessed hope. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Um... And I was saved in 1971 in California during the Jesus movement. And I was thinking in 2021, I'll be saved 50 years. And I've been looking for Jesus to return for 50 years. And Romans 13:11 says, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. And I've always read that verse, but now it's like, oh, yeah that is true it's much nearer than when I first believed and um when I was saved I went to Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa and heard Chuck Smith and he just talked about Jesus coming back with such a passion he just got us all excited we were all just looking for Jesus to come that was just our focus and um, whenever I think of Jesus coming back, I always think of Chuck and his big smile, he'd say, it'll be glorious. So tonight we want to um, show you a video clip of Chuck. And I think he had the same passion that Tozer's talking about, to just break ties with the world and just look for the Lord to come back. So we're gonna play this video clip of Chuck.
3: What manner of persons ought we to be? We ought to be living godly lives and holy lives as we look for the coming of the day of our Lord we should live in anticipation of the coming of the Lord unto them that look for him the Bible said shall he appear the second time apart from sin the question is, are we really looking for the Lord? Are we living in the consciousness that these material things are soon going to burn and thus put my value in things that are spiritual, not in things of the material world? Paul said, the present scheme of things is rapidly passing away. Therefore, let your every contact with the world be as light as, as possible keep a light touch don't get deeply involved in the material things they're going to pass nevertheless he said we according to his promise that is the promise of his coming the thing that sustains us in this day in which we live according to the promise we look for the new heaven and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness There is coming one day, a new heaven, a new earth, wherein dwells righteousness, and that is all that will dwell there throughout eternity, dwelling in the righteousness and in the presence of God. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you might be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. So, these are all in response to seeing that all these things are going to be dissolved. What manner of persons ought we to be? And he's telling us the manner of person we ought to be. We ought to be a person that's looking for the coming of the Lord, living a godly, holy life, diligent in the things of the Lord, living in the grace of God, and in the righteousness of Jesus Christ without spot and blameless. And then he tells us again, account the long-suffering of our Lord as salvation. In other words, when Jesus said to John, Behold, I come quickly, John said, Come quickly, Lord Jesus. And that's been my prayer. As I look at the world in which we live, I prayed, Lord, Come quickly. You know, let's get this over with. Let's get the show on the road. Sort of like John the Baptist when uh, he was anticipating Jesus to overthrow the Romans and all. He, he got a little uh, edgy and impatient there in jail. He sent his disciples to Jesus and, and they said, uh, John wants to know, are you the one we're looking for, or shall we start looking for someone else? In other words, John would say, all right, get the show on the road, you know. Uh, get the Romans out of here. Get me out of jail, uh, kind of a thing. And, uh, and, and sometimes I think we have that same kind of feeling Lord, let's get things going. But realize that this long suffering of God is salvation. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. James tells us that the husbandman is waiting for the complete fruit of harvest and has long patience for it.
0: Psalm um, 119, says, Uphold me according to thy word, that I may live, and do not let me be ashamed of my hope. And I want to read you a story that Cory Tenboom had one in her in one of her books and I love her. She told the best stories. Has anybody read any of her books? She's got great stories, but you you'll like this one. It's about the Lord coming back. It says, "Once a woman read her Bible in the morning hour from 1st Thessalonians 4:16 to 18. One word of command, one shout from the archangel, one blast from the trumpet of God." and the Lord himself will come down from heaven. Those who have died in Christ will be the first to rise, and then we who are still living on the earth will be swept up with them into the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And after that, we shall be with him forever. God has given me this message on the matter, so by all means use it to encourage one another." When she read this, her thoughts were fixed particularly on the seriousness of this passage. The signs of the times are clear, and everyone knows that great events are coming. Not only Bible readers know this, but also the people who read the newspapers. She was so completely shaken up in the meditating about Jesus coming that she did not hear the doorbell ring. After some time, she suddenly heard it and opened the door quickly, her Bible still in her hand. It seems as if you were becoming deaf, lady. I had to ring the bell three times, the milkman said. Now, you guys are probably young. How many people remember a milkman? Oh, there's a lot of old people here. Okay. They actually used to come to your house and deliver milk. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. No, I'm not deaf, but I was reading something in the Bible that was so great that I forgot everything around me. Do you know it is possible that one day you will come to my door and I will not be here? And everywhere you ring the bell where Christians used to live, you will find the house empty. I just read that. When Jesus comes again, we will meet him in the air. Then we shall be suddenly changed and we shall see him face to face. You would not understand why so many people had suddenly disappeared. Later on, you would hear what had happened and then you would ask, Why, that old lady had not told me that before. And that's why I tell you now, this is so funny, listen, milkman, when you accept Jesus as your Savior, then you will become a child of God too and will belong to those who will come and meet him in the air. Whether we agree with the point of view of this old lady or not, we notice that she really meant what she said and that she was looking forward to the coming again of Jesus. It may not be in our lifetime, but it is essential that we be ready. It is not at all important whether we have much money at the time, but it's very important that at the moment other people will go with us to meet the Lord. <clears throat> Excuse me, people to whom we showed the way of salvation. And I just thought that was so amazing that she had such a passion and she wasn't ashamed of her hope. Um, therefore, since. Uh, through God's mercy, we have this ministry. We do not lose heart. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. And we need to be brave, it says, and not lose heart because we have this ministry of hope that others really need and are really looking for. And um, I was—I got into this whole hurricane thing. <laughs> I'm driving Joe crazy, but um they had this whole thing about hurricane hunters. and when they go to go through the hurricane, they go through the the storm into the eye wall and it's quiet there. But then they got to go back out through the storm again. And it says that um, in this article, it's thanks to the data collected by the hurricane hunters that people can save their lives during monster storms. You feel very accomplished when you get back on the ground. You feel like you're helping your neighbor. We And it just reminded me that we have this data in the Bible to save people from the storm that's coming. And sometimes it's hard in the world. You have to go through the storm to get your, your data from the Lord, from the scripture, and then once you get it, you go back out. Um, and the last thing I wanted to share is my mom uh, passed away a few years ago. And she was 90 years old. And she was in an assisted living. She couldn't walk. Her knees were paralyzed. Her legs were paralyzed from the knee down. And she had she sat in the recliner most of the day, unless they came with a wheelchair and helped her. But she her recliner was right by her patio door. And she could look out at the birds and the trees and everything. And um, one day she called me and she said, I was looking out the other night and the sky was all colors and red. She said, I thought for sure that he was going to come that night, kind of like the sky tonight. And um, she said to me, but he didn't come. And I said, no. And she said, what's taking him so long? (laughs) And I said, Mom, I think he's waiting for that last person to get saved, just like Chuck said. And um, she's in heaven, but we wanted to um, play this song for you. And Matt did an amazing job. Thank you, Matt. He put pictures to this song called Watching for You by Roby Duke. So we wanted you to enjoy this song.
4: I I could hear those words You spoke on the go You said you'd come So I would like to let you know Watching Blow. I'm watching for you. Help me be ready. When it's Lord, I would like to let you know I'm watching for you, I want to be ready When that trumpet blows I'm watching for you, help me be ready I'm watching for you, help me be ready When it's time to go, sing this with me I'm watching for you, I want to be ready When that trumpet blows I'm watching for you, help me be ready When that trumpet blows watching for you, I want to be ready, when that truck, oops,
1: time to go, yes,
4: I'm watching for you, help me be ready, when it's time to go, I'm watching for you, I want to be ready, when it's time, when it's time to I'm watching for you. Help me be ready. When the trumpet blows. When that trumpet blows. I'm watching for you. I want to be ready. When it's time to go. I'm watching for
0: love that song. So we're going to end now. The Katinas did two more songs for us, and they want us to worship with them, and the words will be on the screen. But one of the lyrics is, I'll fix my eyes, follow in your ways, forever free in unending grace. You are alive in us, and nothing can take your place. And isn't that so true? Nothing can take Jesus' place. And if you don't know the Lord, and you know you're not ready for his coming we just ask you if you want to come up and pray with somebody well the prayer ladies will be right here and um if you're watching on uh the internet if you don't know the lord uh we just want you to know him so you won't be left behind and you'll 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 go up like like the milkman <laughs> um so let's stand and let the katinas lead us in worship
2: you feel alive, put your hands together, I feel the light of I was lost with a broken heart, you picked me up, now I'm set apart, from the ash I am born again, forever safe in the same sand, you are more than my words can say, I will follow you. Set me free. I'm alive with you. You are living in me now. All the sisters in the building.
1: Great to worship with you all again. And we can't wait to see you. Yes, in December. Yes. God is so good.
2: Learn all my sins, you are peace, you are peace, you are peace, when my fear is crippling, you are true, you are true, even in my wandering, you are joy, you are joy, you're the reason that I sing, you are life, you are life, And you death. that Here we go. You sing. Oh, I'm running right to your arms. I'm running right to your arms. The riches of your To worship and call my sisters. Lift your voice and you sing. My heart will say, No other name. No other name. Everybody sing Jesus. Jesus. For Jesus, oh, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. My heart will sing. My heart will say, No other name. No other name. Like the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus the powerful name of Jesus. Jesus I worship that name. My heart will say, Lord. Oh, no they of name. Brings healing. Jesus. Brings restoration. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My heart yeah, will sing. Yeah, yeah. No other